Vizimo adara, vizimo adara, vizimo adara, vizimo atefetuna, 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 nora kera. La 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 la. Sol do vador tu de acipa, sol do vador tu de acipa, de acipa, de acipa, de acipa. None of the words were right, but no, that was, was very nice. All gibberish. All <laughs> gibberish. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where it's my first day as a woman and I'm having hot flashes. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 1993 film, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. It's a classic. I already have the warm and fuzzies. Do we, like I said, I mean, I know we call them all classics, but this one truly is a classic. It was the highest, no, it was the second highest grossing film that year. Really? Behind Jurassic Park. And oh my God, you were a little baby. I was a little baby. You were a little baby, Carrie Ann. I was one year old. You were one year old. Oh my God. Let's see, a $25 million budget grossing $440 million. I mean, that's a hell of a return. I mean, it really is. <laughs> you know who does the music for this film? Howard Shore! Yeah! <laughs> I was like, oh my god. What other projects is he involved in? He wrote the entire score to Lord of the Rings. Yep. Like, holy shit. Your little nerd fantasy childhood. I know. He wrote the score for it. And I also love that the name of the book that this is based off is called Alias Madame Doubtfire. <laughs> a 1987 English novel written by Anne Fine for teenage and young adult audiences? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's so interesting because there's like three versions of this movie, all with different ratings. Really? Yeah, because that's the thing about Robin Williams, man. He'll just go off script and say the most absurd things. And believe me, most of it is not suitable for the FCC. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, this is our first Robin Williams project, isn't it? Yes. Guys, we have heavy hearts this evening. Yeah. I'm, I'm really going to have to, like, remind myself that this is a good time. He's been gone five years. I now. miss him so much. I do too. I miss him every single day. Um, guess who directs? Your boyfriend. Chris Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> That's my first note. <laughs> my first note is directed by Ross's boyfriend, Chris Columbus. <laughs> Chris Columbus, you may know, is director of mm, projects like Home Alone, Bicentennial Man. Another, Which Robin Williams Robin was also Williams. in. Um, Stepmom. Yeah. Harry Potter. And you know, this film won the Academy Award for Best Makeup. I did know that. Yeah. It is the top grossing cross-dressing film of all time. And when I read that... That's funny. When I read that, I was like, are there that many for there to be an entire category? Apparently. There are. I can... Mrs. Doubtfire, Some Like It Hot, Tootsie, The Birdcage. Another Robin Williams classic. Yes. <laughs> also starring veteran actors Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Guess who else we have? Guess who's back? Harvey Firestein! Yes! Oh, my God. I love that gravelly old queen. Harvey Firestein, also with Lisa Jacob, both from Independence Day. Lisa Jacob is an Independence uh -huh. Day. You don't want to die a virgin. Do you? Matthew Lawrence. You may know him from Boy Meets World. Yes! As uh, Sean's older brother. 
And little Mara Wilson. Little baby Mara Wilson. Free Matilda Mara Wilson. If y'all ain't following Mara Wilson on Twitter, you're missing out. Also, she's not dead. What? There is a myth on the internet that she is dead. She is so not dead. Well, then her ghost is tweeting from her account. I guess. (laughs) This marriage is ending. My marriage is not ending. It's just on hiatus. To put his family back together, Daniel Hillard needed a job. Do you have any special skills? I do voices. Yes! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. Look at me right now, Moneypenny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. And a decent home for his kids. How do you like it? Can't you just tell Mom you're sorry? But he found a way. I'm placing an ad for a housekeeper. Housekeeper? Could you make me a woman? To have both. Wow. Let's pray. No. You for Janaya don't fire. Papa's got a brand new bag. He's still the same old dad, only better. Dinner is served, madam. Wow. I'd love to get reacquainted. Can't you see the lust in that man's eyes? Action's a little kind of muddled there. Really? Well, so is your tan. (laughs) The terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. This holiday season. Surprise. Robin Williams. Mm. Sally Field. Who needs a husband when I've got you? In a Chris Columbus film, Back off! Mrs. Doubtfire. Got a top hit. A father's work <laughs> is never done. Oh, first he is a woman. I'm getting hot flashes. Mrs. Doubtfire follows the story of a man named Daniel Hillard. Daniel Hillard is a failing voice actor. Yeah, he quits in the middle of a recording because they've got a cartoon character smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Which is pretty, like, progressive for the 90s. No, yeah, he was not going to take it. He was like, I'm not going to depict this and put these thoughts in kids' heads. And I love how everyone in the recording booth is smoking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So because he's quit this gig, he has time to go pick up his kids from school. Mm -hmm. And the kids, as we've already mentioned, uh, their names are Lydia. She's the oldest. She's 14 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Chris, he's 12. He's turning 12 today. Uh-huh. It's his birthday. It is his birthday. And then we have five-year-old Natalie, who warms my little heart. She and Robin Williams had some amazing chemistry. Oh, I bet they did. And I don't know if it's just because she's adorable and, like, she had him wrapped around her little finger mm. or what it was, but they are adorable. I know. Like I mentioned, it's Chris's birthday. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude. Congratulations on your 12th birthday. All right. Got a surprise for you. Two strippers? Ooh, please. Two strippers? <gasps> ah, boy. Party? Yes! No. Yes. yes? No parties. Mom said you couldn't have one because of your report card. Mom's not going to be home for another four hours, is she? Come on, Daniel. He is the irresponsible parent. He really is. Like, I mean, I know that we are on his side for most of this movie, but when you think about it, I understand why the rift has grown. Yeah, like, I couldn't stand being the responsible, structured parent. 
which I probably won't be if my time ever comes. You couldn't be the Sally Field to Robin Williams. I don't think so. <laughs> no. I, I don't think I could be, but I would hate having that partner that never backs you up. Because mm-hmm. isn't that what moms are always getting mad about? Yeah. They're like, you undermined my authority. Yeah. She says they can't have a party. He's telling them they can have a party. And what a party it is. Okay, what kind of parent <laughs> goes over the line so far? <laughs> Okay, so first of all, this film takes place in San Francisco. I swear to God, all films that take place in San Francisco take place on the same block where the Tanners live. Right? In Full House. No, yeah, on the big sloping street. They live in this pretty sizable house. So we're at this fucking crazy birthday party, right? There's a petting zoo. He invited a whole petting zoo onto the property. And like half the block. Yeah. all of the, Who are all of these fucking kids? Like, <laughs> It's a 12-year-old's birthday party, but they're like, like look to be got, like toddlers. Yeah, he's got toddlers jumping around, breaking furniture, smashing glass. Fat jumping around. And yeah, what are they listening to? And there's just animals running everywhere. We're talking chickens, goats, sheep, ponies. Yes, and, you know, Aunt Petunia next door can't keep her fucking nose to herself. (laughs) So, what's her actual name? Gloria. Gloria. So Gloria is upset that all of the babbits from the petting zoo are eating her fucking garden. And she's shooing them off with a broom. And so she's like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm calling the wife. And so she goes inside, flips through her address book. That's right. I said a dress book. You mean she didn't pull out her smartphone and go to the contacts? No, because it's 1993. (laughs) And so she's like, she gets on the phone, she's like, Miranda Hillard, please. (laughs) Daniel's wife, uh, Miranda, is an interior designer and restorer. She likes to restore old properties. She she yeets onto the hill that she lives in in San Francisco. She's got a birthday cake in tow. And got a couple of presents, you know. And she realizes that the irresponsible husband is off the leash again. Just, just, I love the Sally Field look. Distressed mother in sunglasses. It takes me back. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sally Field gives some of the best face in this movie. I know. Just her expressions. Mm-hmm crack me the fuck up. She doesn't even have to say anything. She goes upstairs and into the house, but (laughs) she comes in. The look on her face as she slowly slides off her sunglasses, just the look of horror and shock. Oh no, it gets better when she walks around the corner and Daniel and Chris and some other nondescript kid are dancing on her nice dining room table. And Daniel is dressed... Like a 12-year-old. Brenda! What's up? The home early, girlfriend. Having a birthday in the house. What the hell is going on around here? Don't get mad, honey. Listen, you're home a little early. I I was going to have everything cleaned up before you got home. To quote the Devil Wears Prada, I thought the flesh was going to melt off her face. Right? Like, flames on the side of my just, face. Just flames uh, uh, on the side of my face. <laughs> I've never seen a man keep cool so quickly. I know. Party's over. Mom's mad. Oh, yeah. And it just, yeah, his disappointed party's over. Mm-hmm. What is it about parents yelling at each other that makes us as children want to listen? It triggers me. It does? It really does. 
Because everybody's parents fight? Yes. Okay. My parents fought. We cut to the scene where there's where Daniel and Miranda are screaming at each other in the kitchen because they're trying to clean up all this mess. And, and the, the kids are just lined up on the stairs listening to all of it happen. Yeah. Even when I try to do something fun, you have to do it ten times bigger. I bring home a birthday cake and a few gifts. You bring home the goddamn San Diego Zoo and I have to clean up after. Oh, I'm sorry, but it's not toxic waste. It's a few party plates, Why huh? am I the only one that feels there has to be rules? Oh, Why do you always make me out to be the heavy? Oh, I don't make you out to be anything. You do it yourself, oh, quite naturally, You set Miranda. me up, Daniel, every time. Oh, I don't set you up. Oh, lighten up, will you? It's so sad because they hear Miranda ask him for a divorce. And we get to see, you know, we get to hear, you know, a lot of what the problems are in their marriage. You know, Miranda feels unfulfilled as a mother. She's always made out to be the heavy. She's always the bad guy. And Daniel is always the good guy and always the savior and always the producer of the good time. Because he never has a job. Yeah. And He's she, the one that's got all of the face time with the kids. Miranda just kind of gets done. She's just, she's done and she's like... I want a divorce. The soft violin yeah. after she asks for a divorce. And then just how broken up Daniel is. Yeah. He's just like, no, can't, you can't do this. We're a family. I don't think he actually thought there was a problem. Yeah, no, he didn't think it was this bad. Daniel goes to stay at his brother's house. R Ross, remind us who is playing his brother, Frank. Harvey Firestein. Yay! From Independence Day. Yes! And hairspray. <laughs> he lives with his partner, Jack. Mm -hmm. And they are Hollywood movie makeup effects artists. Yes, they are. Of course they are, because that's got to be folded neatly into the narrative. Because if you're gay and in California, you're a makeup artist, right? In the 90s, apparently. <laughs> he's, he's, he's surfing it on Frank's couch. Yeah, Ma, I heard, I heard. Well, yeah, he's here. No. Mai's not really in the mood to talk. Depressed or what? I'm well, yeah, depressed, you know. I mean, his marriage is ending. My marriage is not ending. It's just on hiatus. He's trying to assure Frank that it's all temporary and that Miranda will come around. Frank's on the phone with their mother, who is one of those typical overbearing mothers. Ma wants to know if you want to come stay with her. Oh, God, no. <laughs> he says he'll think about it, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> no, that means no. <laughs> then we cut to a court proceeding where a judge is ruling that Daniel will only get one day of visitation a week with his children. Fucked up. Joint custody is possible. He just has to comply with some demands. He has to hold down a job. He has to get a suitable apartment. He's just got to hold it together for 90 days. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I can do that. And so Daniel's moving out of the home and children are devastated. Yeah. She... I, when Natalie's like, You can't go now. When you have to. We're in the middle of Charlotte's web. Who's gonna finish it? Well, Grandma will finish it for you. She's not as good. She always gets parts, and she never does her voices. She smells funny, too. That's the formaldehyde. That's why Granny's so well preserved. Right? That's yeah. Miranda's mother. That's Miranda's mom. <laughs> Thanks for the time, Warden. <laughs> Where did Mara Wilson even come from? Like, she's all of five and she's already got these amazing acting chops. I think maybe, I don't know a lot about her, yeah, Discovery, but I'm pretty sure she just walked in and killed it. You know? 
Cut to the scene where we meet the court liaison, Mrs. Selner, who is played by who? Anne Haney. <laughs> where do we know Anne Haney from? Liar, liar. That's right. She was uh, Fletcher's secretary. Yes. The one who was like, here's your raise, and then flips and him And you're off. like, oh, Mrs. Selner. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one that he has to report to to satisfy all of this judge's requirements. I love it when she's interviewing him and she's like, do you have any special skills? And he's like, I do. I, I do voices. What do you mean you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yes! We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, it's certainly a rough meeting and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a chance. She's going to loosen up any moment. This is probably the first time as a kid that I appreciated how talented he was with voices. Because, like, obviously I'd seen Aladdin when I was a kid, but you don't see the genie, as a child, you don't see the genie and connect it to Robin Williams. Right. I didn't, this was the first time I got, like, I kind of looked at his resume, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's got all of these ridiculous characters. And you know how he got so good at it? Mm. He was a lonely kid. Yeah, no, he literally, I think he's from... Detroit and Chicago, I think, is he grew up in either or. I think I I think his parents, I don't know if Robin Williams' parents were separated and one lived in Chicago and Detroit, but I know that in his Inside the Actor's Studio, he always talked about how he would fly constantly back and forth between Detroit and Chicago. And yeah, when you're a lonely kid, you talk to yourself and yeah. you create other people. When you're playing with your toys, you give them all voices because yeah. there's no one else there to talk to. Exactly. I mean, it's sad, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad he had a lonely childhood. <laughs> Who knows how else he would have turned out otherwise. Yeah. Bottom line is, he just needs to be with his children, and Mrs. Selner throws him a doozy of a job, boxing and shipping film reels at a local station. Come on. I know. <laughs> how apt is that? He's just working at a television station? Yeah, my life is regressing. Of course you put me here. Like... <laughs> Cut to Miranda's office, where old flame Stuart Dunmire has come to visit, played by who, Ross? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Wow. Mom loves Pierce Brosnan. Oh, does she now? She does! Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> I love how they were like, okay, Daniel's an irresponsible, penniless goob who does voices. Who's literally the exact opposite of that? Oh, 007 himself. Yeah. <laughs> James Bond. I remember Cam talking about Pierce Brosnan one. They said, Pierce Brosnan makes me feel funny in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Stu is investing money in renovating some old mansion in San Fran. Uh-huh. And he wants to bring Miranda on as the interior designer. Mm, I think he wants to design her interior. I do think so as well. <laughs> Miranda's downright Twitter-pated. I love your vocabulary. Just, I, <laughs> I love that choice. Just at the sight of him, she's just like, oh, hi, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> like simultaneously peeling off her underwear and throwing them at him. Hello, Miranda. It's been a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mr. Dunmire's come by to look over your sketches. Um... Let me show you to the conference room. Then she gets like, you know, real nervous because she's like, I've just been through something. Because she, she's like explaining to him what she's going to do with the house. 
The lobby will resemble a music salon with a great deal of inspiration from the French Second Empire. I was thinking a 17th century grand piano. You realize I've been following your career and the trades these past couple of years. A tufted sofa, a Flemish tapestry, a brass-bound Regency-style table. I'd love to get reacquainted. Like, I realize she likes him, but the whole thing is so inappropriate because he's her client. Yeah. And, like, I just want her to turn to him and be like, I'm your interior decorator, not your whore. Yeah, but, like, you know, she's just like, listen, I'm, I'm going through a divorce. I'd really like to jump into your pants, but <laughs> it's not appropriate right now. And he's like, oh, Miranda, I'm so sorry. Oh, what I wouldn't give. My name's not even Miranda, but if Pierce Brosnan looked at me and went, hello, Miranda. Miranda girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Shut up, Christian Thompson. <laughs> Owen Wilson. Two movies in a row where a main character's name is Miranda. Daniel's having his weekly visitation with his children. He's having sad dinner with his children. Yeah. Sad Chinese. I know the place doesn't look like much now, but it'll be okay. How do you like it? Nice. It's okay. Detestable. <laughs> Lydia! <laughs> Take it down. Your dad's trying. <laughs> not hard enough. Apparently. And you literally, she gets in his face and she's like, you're not trying hard enough. You want us so bad, you're going to have to try harder. Mm-hmm. And that must be rough when you're fucking up your life so bad that your kids can take your inventory. Yeah. Yeah. No. Miranda pulls up and honks the horn and the kids try to jump up and go. Come on, let's go. Even though she's an hour early. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? No, no, no. Come on. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. You don't have to run off when she honks the horn. Come on, you're on my time now. You're my goddamn kids, too. She comes up to the apartment, and they start with the passive-aggressive carping. Oh, Daniel. Charming. <laughs> <laughs> she's not two feet in the door, and she's already taken inventory. Yeah. Like, she's just looking around like, mmm, very impressive. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't have time for this. I have to go do a thousand other things. I have to go drop something off the newspaper office. And he's like, newspaper? I'm taking out one of those personal ads. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a classifieds ad in her hand for a housekeeper mm -hmm. because she's a very busy woman. And now she's kind of a single parent in a sense. Just let Daniel do it. But then we would have no movie, right? We'd yeah. have no conflict. <laughs> we would have no conflict. And her children beg her to just let Daniel do it. And she's like, I'll think about it. That that's mom for no. It is. <laughs> I love it when she's she she's getting the kids ready to go. She's putting on Natalie's coat. Natalie with the most sincere look on her face. She's just, mad. She well, she looks at her and goes, "We're his goddamn kids too." And then this is another great Sally Fields face. She just turns a quarter turn to the left. <laughs> look on her face. Kids say the darndest things. <laughs> Thank you. Any other choice phrases you'd like to teach our five-year-old Daniel? And all the while, Daniel is sneakily. He asks to see the ad that she wants to put out. She's like, come on, it's my children. I deserve to know what you're advertising. And she's like, fine. And he changes... Like two digits. Two digits so that they call the wrong number. Yeah, no one's going to be able to get a hold of Miranda. Because now, Daniel's going to have some fun. Do you think he came up with this whole scheme on the spot, or do you think this was originally just a way to piss her off? I think that, you know, you really don't know, do you? Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway. Montage! <laughs> <laughs> Daniel spends the next few days terrorizing Miranda with bad leads <laughs> for this housekeeping job. Which call is your favorite, Ross? My favorite call is... 
Are you calling in response to the ad? Tell me, who was your previous employer? I was in a band. Severe tire damage. In a band? I, I just want to know one thing. Are your kids well behaved? Or do they need like a few light slams every now and then? Um, I'll have to get back to you. Wow. <laughs> that That's my favorite one. What's your favorite one? My favorite one. Hello? Ah! Layla, get back in your cell. Don't make me get the hose. Hello? So he softened her up with a bunch of bad calls, and then he calls back, and we hear Euphigenia Doubtfire's voice for the first time. Hello? Hello? I'm calling in regards to the ad I read in the paper. Yes. Well, would you tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, certainly, dear. For the past 15 years, I have worked for the Smythe family of Elborn, England. That's Smythe, not Smith, dear. And for them, I did house cleaning, cooking, and took care of their four glorious children. This is going to sound unrelated, but I promise I'll get there. I slept really bad last night, and so my shoulders have just been tense this whole day. Okay. But when I was watching this movie this afternoon, and we heard Mrs. Doubtfire's voice for the first time, my shoulders relaxed. Wow. And like... Weird. I know. I felt myself become unclenched. Uh-huh. Like, she's just... It's such a... Soothing. It's very soothing sound. Soothing Scottish nanny. How on earth does she not know that's him? Yeah, I know. Miranda, you're stupid, okay? <laughs> and I'm adding you hardcore. I love when she asked for his name and he literally just looked at the nearest newspaper and like made it up. Yeah, no, from a headline about some fire. <laughs> Police doubt fire. Yeah. Don't fire. I beg your pardon? Don't fire, dear? Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, I look forward to meeting you. Oh, lovely, dear. Me too. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Showtime. (laughs) I love that. Showtime. Daniel's got an interview. Oh, my God, yes! Daniel, hi. Will you make me a woman? (laughs) Honey, I'm so happy. (laughs) I knew you'd understand. Oh, my God. I I love how Frank accepts his request without any questions. Like, he's just like, hell yes, yes, let me make you pretty. go to this job interview like wearing mascara and some lip color exactly he, he's got to actually disguise himself uh-huh. so yeah Fra- we've got this whole montage of frank and jack making him into all these different kinds of women i love it it's it's one of my favorite parts they turn him into barbara strong <laughs> Not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. It's not working. I need to go older. Older? You mean like uh, Shelley Winters older or Shirley MacLaine older? What's the difference? Some scotch tape and red hair dye. What about Joan Collins? Oh, I don't think I have the strength. All right. But I have some plaster. working and they finally just have to make like a plaster cast of his face and start crafting like a full face mask. I'm glad it's not just Robin Williams in drag, but like an actual full disguise. I know. It's way more believable. They made a whole suit for him. Mm -hmm. Like, and they did the whole mask and wig. He looks like, you can tell it's Robin Williams, but like you can't. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we know it's Robin Williams, so yeah. we can't help but see Robin Williams. And I think they actually did a screen test with the kids. Mm-hmm. I think they did a screen test with the kid actors meeting Mrs. Doubtfire. I okay. don't think they'd ever met Robin Williams before, but they did him in the makeup. And then they introduced him to the kids as Mrs. Doubtfire. And then they were, like, amazed yeah. to find out that it was Robin Williams. So, like... <laughs> book Miranda was pretty stupid because in the book, the kids, like, see through everything, like, right away. Yeah. And <laughs> not Miranda, though. Miranda's oblivious. That whole process took, like, four and a half hours. Wow, can you imagine? No. Nine hours a day in and out of makeup? You don't have to imagine, though, because I'm going to drop in the related media the the time-lapse footage of him being done up. (gasps) Ooh, yay. Yeah. That'll be good for for listeners. It's fascinating, because it's not just a mask. It's, like, several individual pieces. Oh, what a hell. I know. What an absolute hell. And then all those days where he had to be, like, in and out of it? Yeah. Like, fuck. I mean, like... Like, it's no Nutty Professor movie, but at the same time, wow. I love it when they're finally done making him up and, like, Jack and Frank are staring at him like he is their newborn. Yeah, I know. (laughs) They're so proud. Are we close? Any closer and you'd be mom. And so we come to... What do we come to? We're, We're at the scene where Mrs. Doubtfire arrives for her interview. And then Miranda literally lines them up in the entryway and she's like, okay, I really hope you like her. (laughs) And then opens it up and just the wind chime noise as the door opens up. And then there she is. Hello, Mrs. Hillard, I presume? Yes, I'm Miranda Hillard. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Oh, yes. Won't you please come in? Thank you, dear. I have a question. Yeah. Is it a requirement to be a nanny to carry a hideous oversized carpet bag? It is an actual requirement. It was set out in the Magna Carta uh, 800 years ago or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Like, Mary Poppins, Mrs. Doubtfire, they've both got these hideous oversized carpet bags. I wonder what huge objects Mrs. Doubtfire has stashed away in her magic bag. I imagine it's like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, pulls out a whole vacuum cleaner. A Dyson vacuum cleaner. Well, it's actually her street clothes. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually Daniel's clothes. (laughs) Daniel is killing this interview. I know! Because he's he's got the skinny on Miranda and the kids. He's also an actor. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean... The only one who's not charmed by him is Lydia, who is in full angsty teenager mode. And she's like, why can't dad look after us? This isn't fair. And then Miranda's like, you're ruining my interview. <laughs> Miranda sends the kids upstairs to do their homework, and they and she and Mrs. Doubtfire have a cup of tea in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I love this little bit of foreshadowing, because like Daniel's making the tea for her, mm-hmm. and she's reading his, quote, resume, and she's like, What a wonderful resume. Expert in first aid and CPR. And Heimlich maneuver, dear. You can never be too prepared when you've got little ones running around, you know, because they'll swallow anything. You've got to be ready to pop it out. Hmm? Yep, put a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chekhov's gun. <laughs> they, yeah. said it, they said it in the first act, and it's got to go off by the third. Right. Daniel is walking about the kitchen like he knows the damn place because he <laughs> does. She's like, my, you certainly know your way around the kitchen. (laughs) Long story short, Daniel gets the job. 
He's walking home, muttering to himself, if I ever meet the misogynistic bastard that invented heels, I'll kill him. <laughs> Me too, Daniel. Daniel's unlocking his door, and Mrs. Selner has arrived. Oh, fuck. She's here to evaluate the apartment and see if he's complying with the judge's order. And it's a goddamn mess anyway, and he's already as Mrs. Doubtfire, so... This is the first of a series of scenes where Daniel has to seamlessly go back and forth between the Mrs. Doubtfire persona and himself. This scene is art. You think so? I think so. (laughs) I love... I think this is one of the most iconic scenes in all of film. I really do. (laughs) Oh, because this is the scene with the cake. Yeah, no, this is just all of it. Yeah. Just his literal having to get in and out of that costume. Again, this is not a visual medium. Yeah. And I'm sad for it because there's so many visual gags that you listeners cannot properly appreciate. I love it when he's back in the bedroom talking in both voices. Yes. For Mrs. Selner's benefit. And she, he's he's undressing, and he's like, "There, I'm a changed man. There have been two big developments." <laughs> and he's taking off his top, and there's this <laughs> fake boob. A... I don't even have the same face anymore, Mrs. Mrs. Selner. <laughs> the way that Mrs. Doubtfire has passed off being present in Daniel's apartment is that she's his sister. That she's his sister, much, much older sister. sister. So Daniel finally gets de-dragged. He comes out there and he's like bullshitting why his much older sister is living with him. Yes. This was a much simpler time because you could just lie about anything. Yeah. And no one would want to put in the work to try and verify your story. Exactly. She works for the court. How does she not know that he doesn't have a sister? Yeah. I don't get it. You see, my father was American. He uh, flew for the English during the war. He was in London and uh, met this lovely English woman. Well... My sister was the fruit of their passions. You see, she's not a very good housekeeper, but she makes a fabulous cup of English tea. Really? Yes. Well, I would adore a good cup of English tea. Oh, wouldn't we all? I'll go get her. Oh, Oh, sis! (laughs) And so he has to get back into Mrs. Doubtfire. In the process, he knocks the mask out the window. Because it's like sitting on a head in the windowsill. Travesty. Oh, my God. And and then what's coming? <laughs> the garbage truck. <laughs> no. 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 So now Daniel's in a bind. He doesn't have a face. I just love the, oh, shit. And then Mrs. <laughs> Selner looking up like, hmm? <laughs> he, like, sneaks into the kitchen without her seeing. Yeah. And, like. It's so tense. <laughs> It's, it's so tense. Miss Selner's like, can I give you a hand, ma'am? And she's like, oh, no, I don't need a hand. I need a face. <laughs> He's like scrambling to find something. Opens up the fridge and then Selner's getting closer and closer to the door. Are you sure you don't need help? Ooh, definitely. And he just face plants in that cake. I love this. This is when he like. Best reveal in the movie. Hello. I'm sorry to frighten you, dear. I must look like a yeti in this get-up. This is my nightly meringue mask, part of my beauty regimen. What it is is basically egg whites, creme fraiche, powdered sugar, vanilla, and a little touch of alum. There you go, dear. This whole business with the icing melting off his face, that's all ad-lib. Because it was all supposed to stay on his face, but the... You're kidding. No, no, no. When it's dropping into Selner's 
tea and everything. The lights are melting the icing off of his face. I can only imagine. How do you not laugh? I don't know. How does Anne Haney not just lose it? Like, There's a scene later where you can see Pierce Brosnan almost losing it. I don't know how anybody gets anything done on set with him there. I don't either. How do you not laugh through the whole thing? Mm -mm. He has to get a new mask from Frank before he can start his first day as a nanny. I had a little accident. (laughs) Be careful with her. She's an old woman. (laughs) Miss Stoutfire has arrived for her first day on the job, and she is laying down the law. Yeah. There's not going to be any more, quote, loosey-goosey. Yeah. She gives them a choice. You can either do chores or you can do homework. Yeah. They eventually opt for homework. (laughs) While they're doing homework, he's cooking dinner in the kitchen, which is an actual disaster. Yeah. He's burning the hollandaise. Yes. He leans over it, trying to inspect it, and he goes... This hollandaise smells like burnt rubber. God, it's hot in here. Meanwhile, his rubber tits are burning on the stove, catching complete fire. Just when your foam memories, <laughs> your foam memories are burnt to a crisp, and you're like, "It's my first day as a woman, and I'm getting hot flashes." <laughs> and so he decides, "Fuck it, I'm cleaning this mess up. I'm ordering out." He just gets fancy takeout. Yeah, and then makes it look like he cooked it. Oh, Miranda just swoons when she walks in the door. Because the kids have made the house spotless. Their homework is done. There's dinner on the table. There's a nice dinner. Look at this place. It looks wonderful. All spick and span. Dinner is served, madam. I love how at peace she is in this scene. Like, I just love how pleased she is. Because I know that she's kind of like a semi-antagonist in this whole thing, but like, I'm glad that she... She's used to coming in behind Daniel and cleaning up his mess. Yeah. She's not used to having everything be right. And like, I hate that she doesn't know that it's Daniel who has made everything so right for her. He's proved to her that he can do this. I mean, it's nice enough that Lydia comes outside when he's on his way out and is like, hey, I'm sorry I was a pain in the cloaca. Yeah. Like, I'm a teenager. Give me a break. Yeah. (laughs) We have a montage of Daniel spending time with the kids as Mrs. Doubtfire. He's watching Julia Child so he can learn how to cook. Da-da! Da-da! Do looks like a lady! (laughs) Gotta love Aerosmith. And yeah, he, he yeah he's learning how to better himself through being Mrs. Doubtfire. That iconic bit where he's vacuuming the foyer. Yes, I, God bless. Get it. Get it, Effie. Yes. My favorite part is when that dude tries to mug him. Back off, asshole. Beat it. Broke my bag the bastard. <laughs> oh god i know that mugger can you imagine waking up that morning i'm gonna go mug some people and then you grab what you think is this frail old lady and she strong arms you at the end of the montage daniel is arriving at the house for work and miranda is already home with Stu and the kids his mercedes is parked out front because he's very successful 
What does Daniel do? Yanks the hood ornament right out of the car. <laughs> and just you hear him go off camera. Oh, so sad when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I just love for the rest of this movie, if Pierce Brosnan is present, he is making snide comments. Yes. He <laughs> walks in and he's like, oh, look at that. <laughs> picture of a perfect family he's like on his hind legs because like the new boyfriend is sitting there with his ex-wife and children and he's just like mm. point of order pierce brosnan is irish not english hmm. i don't know why it's important for me to mention that i well, just feel like everybody thinks he's english but you know irishmen make the best brits you think so yeah i have a home in london i was born there what part of england are you from here and there, dear. All over, really. Yes. <laughs> Accent's a little kind of muddled. Really? So. Well, so is your tan. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire and Miranda are having girl talk in the foyer about Stu. Yes. And Mrs. Doubtfire is trying to dissuade Miranda from dating him entirely. She's trying to ask her about sex without actually using the word sex. Yeah. How long after Mr. Doubtfire passed away, Winston, Winston did you feel any desire? Never. Never? Never again. Never again? Once the father of your children is out of the picture, the only solution is total and lifelong celibacy. Celibacy? Yes. And if you violate that, heaven forgive you. Daniel is going to find every crack <laughs> in this relationship and just bang on it. Like <laughs> Later that night, while Miranda is out with Stu, Mrs. Doubtfire is helping Lydia with her spelling. You know, there's a whole scene that was cut out where Lydia is participating in the school spelling bee and, like, Miranda's there and Daniel is there as himself and they, like, get into a huge fight at the spelling bee. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Well, like, I mean, it's probably... it's. Probably best that it was taken out, but like... Yeah, but that's why that's why he's practicing spelling with Lydia. Yeah. And he excuses himself to go to the restroom. And this is where the lid gets blown off the whole thing. Because what happens? He's a man! Yeah. And men stand to pee sometimes. And so, you know, he closes the door. And, you know, like a stupid little boy, like most stupid little boys are, Chris waltzes into the bathroom without knocking. And what does he see? Mrs. Doubtfire. They're about to learn the whole weird truth about their situation. Just, and like, literally, Chris runs into Lydia's room. He's like, we have to call 911 now. Mrs. Doubtfire, he's a she, she's a she, he's a she, she. Yeah, I don't like the tone here. Yeah. Because not only are they saying he, she, but there's, like, just the way that Lydia goes for that tennis racket. Yeah. He's half man, half woman. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs in, zipping up his fly. And he's like, listen. No, just calm down. Freeze! Just relax, please. I'm gonna get it. In the balls. Yeah. She's got him? She's got everything. All right, listen to me. I'm not who you think I am. Yeah, no shit. Watch your mouth, young man. And there it is. And just, they know instantly. The horror on their faces. And they're just like, once they calm down, though, it's really sweet. Yeah. Because they're like, oh my god, it's dad. Yeah. I just love... Lydia's like, who did this? <laughs> who did this to you? Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. And he's just like, don't tell your mom. Don't tell Natalie. Don't tell your five-year-old sister. Natalie will blow my cover. It'll be the first thing out of her mouth. Remember when dad would like, get us ice cream on the way home from somewhere and he would be like, don't tell your mom we stopped to get ice cream. What's the first thing we said when we walked in the door? 
We went to get ice cream. <laughs> he makes them promise not to tell. How do you not tell someone? Because, I mean, how do you not go to school the next day and say, guys? Yeah, I got a weird story to tell you. But no, they're getting what they want. They are. They're spending time with their dad, mm -hmm. even if he is dressed as a woman. The next day, Miranda is home from work early again. Miss Doubtfire arrives. She had an appointment with Mrs. Selner. I can't believe it. Poor dear. She says that Daniel has some woman living with him, pretending to be his sister. Oh! I told her he doesn't even have a sister. Oh. How are you not? Putting two and two together, Miranda. Daniel thinks the jig is up, because how can you not know? Yeah. I love it when she goes, she's supposed to be older and very unattractive. And Daniel just freezes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like he's hurt! Yeah. <laughs> I love this scene between him and Miranda in the kitchen. Yeah. Number one, I love a dark joke. When did he pass on? Eight years ago, dear. This November. What happened? He was quite fond of the drink. Ah. It was a drink that killed him. How awful. He was an alcoholic. No, he was hit by a Guinness truck. So it was quite literally the drink that killed him. How do you not crack up? <laughs> Miranda is telling Mrs. Doubtfire why she fell in love with Daniel. Yeah. And we're learning that because Daniel was always between jobs, he was the one that had all the FaceTime with the kids. So literally, he was always the fun time parent, and she was the bad guy. Yeah. Always ruining their fun. But after a few years, everything just stopped being funny. Why? I was working all the time, and he was always between jobs. I hardly ever got to see the kids, and on the nights I would try to get home early to be with them, something would go wrong, the house would be wrecked, and I'd have to clean it up. He never knew, but so many nights I just cried myself to sleep. Really? Some people are just better off divorced. Yeah. And it's sad, but it's true. This is why you don't marry right out of high school, guys. <laughs> People change so much between the ages of 18 and 28. Take it from me. <laughs> I used to be an angsty little insurgent who lived on gas station pops and made Sailor Moon music videos for fun. Now I'm an anxious bisexual feminist who lives on gas station pops and podcasts and hangs out at drag bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, basically, you know, Daniel's able to con out of Miranda exactly what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he really understood no. I don't think he could see, you know, how his actions played a part in this. He's getting a post-mortem. Yeah. Yeah. Stu has invited Miranda, the kids, and Mrs. Doubtfire to his country club to swim. And then, you know, hot Stuart Dunmeyer gets right out of the pool and gives everyone a hug and a kiss. <laughs> and he's like, Well, guys, you got your swimsuits? You want to go for a dip? Oh, great. Great. Good. How about you, Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh! Oh, you wicked, wicked man. Isn't there enough flesh here for you to feast your eyes on? <laughs> oh, come now, Mrs. Dalfire. Don't be bashful. Oh, no, dear. I think they've outlawed whaling. Oh. I love that part. <laughs> oh, you wicked, wicked man. I'd rather sit in the sun and crisp. <laughs> and then he, like, pats her on the back and she's like, oh, touch me again and I'll drown you, you bastard. I love that. Uh, I'll just sit here and watch you move in on my family. <laughs> And then he's just like, oh, God, what am I doing here? This is beyond obsession. <laughs> oh, God. 
And <sighs> Mrs. Doubtfire has taken to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> while all the kids are in the pool having he's, fun. He's just drinking his feelings. It's <laughs> it's so funny to watch this little old English woman drinking a domestic beer out of a plastic cup. Daniel forgets who he is for a second. You think so? And begins to hit on the hottie in the one piece. <laughs> getting a drink at the bar. <laughs> He's like, it's on me. <laughs> and she's like, no thanks. <laughs> I don't blame her. Yeah. It was this old woman with a very low voice hitting on me. And then Stan walks right up to the bar. And what does Daniel do? He like ducks behind a stack of fruit. Well, you know, one of Stuart's, you know, country club cronies comes up to him and he's like, you got yourself a little handful over there, don't you? And he's like, and you know, Stuart's like, you know, I love her. I love those kids. God knows. They need some kind of stable father figure in their life right now. Thanks, Todd. Well, what about their real father? What can I say, Ron? The guy's a loser. I'll see ya. He throws a lime at the back <laughs> of his head! As he's walking away! Oh, sir! I saw it! Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, a terrorist they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. Cut to the station where Daniel works. The sound stage is set for a children's program about science and dinosaurs or something. Yeah. And Daniel just starts playing with the plastic dinosaurs. And yeah, he just looks around, see no one's there, and he's like, hmm, time to have some fun, you he, know? He's doing his Robin Williams thing. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, put your claws together. Oh, please welcome James Brontosaurus. Bum, 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 bum. I eat wood, dinner, 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 dinner. It tastes good, dinner, 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 dinner. No meat, big feet. I eat wood, boom, 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 boom. And you know, who seems to be lurking around the corner? The station CEO, Mr. Lundy. Yeah. He's laughing and clapping and he's like, I really like what you do. You want to come to dinner with me and discuss some of your ideas for children's programming? And he's like, my, my ideas? Yeah. You think I have ideas? <laughs> You know? No, I'm just up here bullshitting. I have no he idea. He really is, though. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll fucking come to dinner with you, Mr. CEO. <laughs> like, this, the more of his work you see, you realize that you could just point a camera at Robin Williams and just let him go. No script, no prompting, no nothing. When he did Inside the Actor's Studio, mm -hmm. guys, we should probably drop the link. I, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if there are any listeners out there that watch Inside the Actor's Studio. It's one of my favorite programs. But um, on Robin Williams' Inside the Actor's Studio, he just, he takes over the show. Yeah. Like, he just, he takes it right out of James Lipton's hands. And James Lipton is pleased as pie. Like, because he basically runs his own interview. <laughs> He's interviewing himself, basically. When he was on Mork and Mindy, after a couple of seasons, they started writing in the script just blocks of time where it just says, Robin goes off here. Because he would just go off script. Yeah. And start muttering nonsense. Like, he's a genius. I just, uh, what a loss. I know. I my heart and it really lets you know you know the people who are the most entertaining and the most beloved are often the most tortured the most sad yeah the most lonely well we've just had our first home-cooked meal i'm domestic now huh? this is really terrific dad the kids are having dinner at daniel's apartment and it's 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 look it looks nicer now. It looks clean. He's cooked them dinner. Everything is coming up, Daniel. Yeah. Like Miranda walks in and she's as surprised as all of us. And she's like, "This is great," you know. Like, who the hell are you? And then the kids are like, "Can he be our dad again?" 
<laughs> Are you satisfied now? Daniel's kind of screwed himself here because now Miranda is too dependent on Mrs. Doubtfire. And she's like, I couldn't. And, she's like, and he's like, come on, let me take the kids now. And she was like, well, I can't get rid of Mrs. Doubtfire. She's like family now. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn it, Daniel. <laughs> we have overcorrected. Yes. <laughs> In the next scene, Miranda's trying to pick out an outfit for her birthday dinner with Stu. Stuart? Stuart? <laughs> she asks for Mrs. Doubtfire's opinion, and she tries to convince her to go in a funeral dress. They're both too brazen, dear. They cry harlot, really. I mean, the red one is traditional color for streetwalkers, dear. And the black one is far too short. I hope you waxed. No, let's find something more your own age, all right? How about this lovely frock? Tasteful, elegant? An old. I wore that to my aunt's funeral in 1976. Miranda tells her that she and the children are invited to dinner, and Daniel is delighted until he learns it's the same night, time, and place as his dinner with Mr. Lundy. Ugh. And of course, it's the same old scenario. He's got two dates to the same dance. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God. Could this be any more comic? We already got, like, a taste of this nonsense when Mrs. Selner came to visit, but that was merely the overture. This is the main event. This is the battle. This is back when people used to go into restaurants and ask to be seated, and they would ask them, smoking or non-smoking? Thing of the past, ladies and gentlemen. Did you ever think? And where does Mr. Lundy go to sit? Non-smoking. Yeah. And then, you know, the family gets there. Uh, reservation done, ma'am? Yes, Sir. Smoking or non-smoking? Non-smoking. Smoking! Sister, you don't smoke? No, I don't. But I did. Oh. Oh, I did, and I found the best way to keep from smoking again, lighting up, is to be around those who do smoke. I have to randomly ingest just a little bit of nicotine, uh -huh. and it steals my wool. <laughs> table 39, table 39, 39, oh my age, you're a saint. <laughs> And then, you know, they're walking to the table, and Daniel can see that Lundy is sitting there waiting for him. Miranda takes Natalie to the bathroom, and Chris and Lydia, like, go check out the dessert cart. It's just Pierce Brosnan and Robin Williams at the table. This is probably my favorite exchange in the whole film. Daniel decides he's just going to make Stu as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive bobble you got her. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, thank you. A fellow gives a gift like that, he wants more than a piece of her heart, eh? <laughs> Excuse me? Sink the sub. Hide the weasel, park the porpoise. Bit of the old Humpty Dumpty. Little Jack Horney. The horizontal mumbo. Hmm? She's, <laughs> she's telling him that Miranda has crabs. <laughs> and this is the moment I was talking about where, like, it's just Pierce Brosnan's face and you can see it. He wants to laugh so bad. Yeah. Daniel excuses himself to go de-drag for Mr. Lundy. He goes to Lundy's table and has a couple of drinks, and this whole gratuitous back and forth starts. Yes. With Daniel repeatedly getting up, going to the bathroom, getting in and out of costume, and then going to the other table. It's exhausting to watch. Yeah, it really is. The scenes where he's in the bathroom and he's trying to get the costume off, I've never noticed that the footage is actually sped up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it took him forever to get that thing yeah, off. Yeah, they were like, okay, we need to save some time here and post. <laughs> like, come on. I love it when he goes into the bathroom and there's already another lady in there. Yeah. He goes into the stall as Mrs. Doubtfire, comes out as Daniel, and that lady looks at that stall like it's got magical powers. <laughs> During one of his half dozen trips back and forth to the bathroom, Daniel goes to the kitchen and literally poisons Stu's food. Like, 
he literally, because he hears when Stu orders his jambalaya, no pepper, I'm allergic to pepper. What does the motherfucker do? Puts pepper on his jambalaya. Yeah, like, you crazy person. Like, come on. When he poisons Stu's food, he's Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And in all the confusion, he accidentally goes back to Lundy's table. And sits down. Ma'am, can I help you? (laughs) And then he says, all those scotches I had to piss like a racehorse. (laughs) Dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire. Now, now he has to improvise again. Daniel? Yeah? Why in God's name are you dressed like a woman? I'd like you to meet the host of your new show. Host? Euphigenia Doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of children. Yeah, he pitches Mrs. Doubtfire as an idea for a television show. Yeah. Like Mr. Rogers. Meanwhile, in the smoking section, (laughs) the family's food arrives. Stu bites into his jambalaya. Stu. Oh, he's choking. He's choking. He's choking. Help us. Somebody help. We need a doctor. He's choking. He's choking. Help us. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, God. He's choking here. Oh, no. Killed the bastard. He's choking. Mrs. Doubtfire, help us. He's choking. Help is on the way, dear. (laughs) There's that Chekhov's gun. Yeah. The gun's gone off. While we're Heimlicking, the mask is beginning to peel off of Daniel's face. And it comes halfway down his face. And at the last moment, he gets that shrimp popped out of Stu's stomach. But the mask is halfway down his face. The jig is up. Another great Sally Field face. The horror. On Sally Field's face. Daddy? Yeah, honey. It's me. (gasps) Daniel! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! The whole time, the whole time, you were... The whole time? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Miranda, Uh, please. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I have to go. We have to leave now. I have to leave. We have to leave now. I have to go. She's so flustered that she kind of starts to regress back into Sybil a little bit. Yeah, no, like, you can see that multiple people are angry in there, you know? (laughs) The way she's just like, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. (laughs) The whole restaurant just kind of watches Daniel "Mm?" collect himself and leave. What are you looking at? Show's over. And so where do we go now? We're at the next court date. This is the 90-day date. This is the rough one. Yeah, Daniel is representing himself. Because he can't afford a lawyer. Miranda's got Gloria goddamn Allred on her yeah, side. Yeah, I know. That, that that lawyer looks very business. And, you know, I, I can understand Miranda's pain. Yeah. She's been paying Daniel money. To defraud her, basically. Yeah. Like, I would feel very, very, very upset. He is also technically in violation of a court order. Yeah gets up and he's like, you know, what is the defense that Daniel makes for himself? I forget. His defense is, I'm addicted to my children. I need my children. I have to be with them. In regards to my behavior, I can only plead insanity. Because ever since my children were born, the moment I looked at them, I was crazy about them. Once I held them, I was hooked. I'm addicted to my children, sir. I love them with all my heart. And the idea of someone telling me I can't be with them, I can't see them every day, it's like someone saying, I I can't have air. I can't live without air, and I I can't live without them. Robin Williams 
is a master of this. It's something I call that that I made up, something I made up. Yeah. I call it the Williams cold shower. Because we're yucking it up through this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a man in drag. Isn't that funny? But then it's And then it gets real serious. Yeah. All of a sudden. And he is playing your heart like an instrument. And you know, he does a good job, but at the same time, the judge is like, listen, I think you're sick. Yeah. I think you need some you know, I think you need some professional help. This, they're going to put him in a they're going to put him under psychological evaluation. And now his visits with his children have to be monitored. God. And like, I'm sorry, Daniel, but you screwed the pooch on this one. But here's the thing. What did he think was going to happen? You know? Miranda knows like the real reason. Like Miranda knows he's not messed up. She just sits but there. She, but she looks upset, though. I know. She's but- like. Oh, wait, what's happening? And so she can see all the horrible that's come from this. You can tell by the look on her face that she knows it's not right. And I don't think it's what she wanted either. Yeah. Supervised visitation, psychological evaluation. Mm -hmm. She knows there's nothing really wrong with him. He just loves his children. But like you said, on the flip side, this is some weird stuff. The deception part is the part that's weird, not the man dressing as a woman. So that happens. Cut to Miranda getting exactly what she deserves. Another shitty interview with another shitty candidate for Mrs. Doubtfire's replacement. I don't do laundry. I don't do windows. I don't do carpets. I don't do bathtubs. I don't do toilets. And I don't do diapers. Well, my, my children have been potty trained for quite some time. Hmm. Well, I don't do washing. I don't do basements. I don't do dinners. I don't do reading. Name it. She doesn't do it. She doesn't fucking do it. What do you do, lady? Exactly. They're prepping dinner in the kitchen later, and the kids and Miranda are reminiscing about how wonderful it used to be to have Mrs. Doubtfire in the house. Yeah, and even Miranda's like, yeah. All right, I admit, things were a lot nicer when she was around. The house was so warm and cozy, and beds were always made, and the dinner was... She isn't real! (laughs) I have... I have those moments all the time when I'm super invested in something like yeah. a like a television show or yeah. a movie, and then I'm like, wait, they're not real people. Yeah, I have to remind myself that they're not real people. And they're in the kitchen, and what do they hear? It's Mrs. Doubtfire. She's on TV. Yeah. Hello, my dears. We have a wonderful show today. We have Mr. Van Zant from the Sierra Club, and he's going to bring some animals that are endangered species. Do you know what that means, puppets? Wait a minute. Did you say puppet? Oh, no, dear. Oh, it's Kovacs. Welcome, Kovacs. Lundy gave Daniel a show deal. Mm-hmm. Like very Mr. Rogers type format of a show for his network. He's got a little chimp companion. Uh-huh. They're all watching the television and they've got huge grins on their faces. And even Miranda. And, you know, Miranda comes to visit Daniel on set. Yeah, the taping is wrapping up. Mm -hmm. He goes and de-drags and comes back to see her. Miranda tells Daniel that she thinks all this turmoil is hurting the children. Really? Yeah. like (laughs) (laughs) You think? And Daniel just kind of lets her have it. Jesus, Miranda, you took my children away from me. I can only see them now with supervision. Some woman who comes and watches me with the kids like I'm some sort of deviant. If I try to hug them, she wonders why. You know what that's like? 
You just sat there in that courtroom. You knew the truth. You didn't say a word. You let that judge pass that despicable sentence. I was angry. Oh. Look, you hurt me. Oh, you ripped my heart out. Will you come back and do it again? I lied. Uh, You know what? What? I don't want to do this anymore. I can't imagine. I know. I can't either. Miranda goes, all I know is that the children were better when Mrs. Doubtfire was a part of their lives. And this goes back to what Miranda was saying earlier. She didn't like herself when she was with Daniel, but she was a better person with Mrs. Doubtfire in her life. But Daniel is Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. So the next day, the children are watching their father's program when the doorbell rings. It's the new babysitter. And like the kid, I love how Lydia's like, it's the new babysitter. Let's go. Everybody lines up in the entryway. Miranda opens the door. And there's Daniel. The little wind chime twinkle again. Daddy. Hi. What's going on? I'm here to pick you up. Your dad's going to take you for a few hours every day after school. The way Mara Wilson goes, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, it. It makes my heart sparkle. Yeah, you get, you get choked up. Miranda did the right thing. Yeah. She, she was, I'm not going to say she was the bigger person, but she rose above her own anger. Yeah. And put the health and happiness of her children first. What about the courts? All that legal stuff? Ask your mom. I took care of it. No more supervised visits. No more court liaison. Just us? Just us. The writers are just like, whoop, whoop, she took care of it. Yeah. That's all I needed to know. I took care of it. <laughs> what did she have to do to take care of it? Did she have to go to the judge and explain, listen. My husband's a kook. My ex-husband's a kook, but he's good for the kids. <laughs> and then the law was like, you put us through all that? <laughs> and so... The kids go with Daniel. Miranda the, goes back inside. And, and sees, you know... She catches the end of the Mrs. Doubtfire show... You know, it, it again, this is huge, Mr. Rogers, because the door the door on the set rings uh, and it's the mailman, like Mr. McFeely. Mr. McFeely. And he has a letter from a little girl in Ohio whose parents are getting divorced. Mrs. Doubtfire reads the letter on the air and then it's kind of like a kid's version of Dear Abby. Yes, very much. <laughs> very much. You know, some parents when they're angry, they get along much better when they don't live together. They don't fight all the time, and they can become better people and much better mummies and daddies for you. And sometimes they get back together. And sometimes they don't, dear. And if they don't, don't blame yourself. Just because they don't love each other anymore doesn't mean that they don't love you. Now, there are all sorts of different families, Kitty. Some families have one mommy, some families have one daddy or, or two families. And some children live with their uncle or aunt, some live with their grandparents, or some children live with foster parents. I noticed that the gays are conspicuously absent from that list. Yeah. Like, you'll use the gays as a joke in your movie, but you won't validate them as legitimate families. It's 1993. I get it. And let's not forget, he did Birdcage like three years later. I know. I just <laughs> like, I just hate that they used a gay couple like as a gag in the narrative 
And then when it came time to list all these different kinds of families, no one's talking about same-sex parents. I mean, honey, up until this decade, the gays were a joke. I understand that. I just, I'm retroactively mad about it. I know. I can't go back and change it. Me too. (laughs) The kids get in the car with Daniel and drive away with Mrs. Doubtfire on voiceover. And we never really get a question answered as to whether or not Miranda and Daniel get back together. But I think it's better that way. Yeah. Because that's the point. You know, there is life and happiness after divorce, after your parents separate. But if there's love, dear, those are the ties that bind. And you'll have a family in your heart forever. All my love to you, Poppet. You're going to be all right. I feel like he's speaking directly to us Mm -hmm. as an audience because this was the first movie where I really learned about the concept of divorce. Me too. And we were very fortunate. Our parents are still married. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to bounce back and forth between homes or anything like that. Very fortunate in that regard. And Mrs. Doubtfire is right. Sometimes they stay together and sometimes they don't and we are very very fortunate robin williams as mrs doubtfire really just gave me that reassurance that you know if mommy and daddy do break up i'm gonna be okay yeah it doesn't mean they don't love us because i know that both of them love me very much it doesn't mean that you stop being a family either yeah there's life after divorce yeah it's just gonna be a little different and i think I think this film was very, very impactful on even an older generation than ours that was, you know, going through a more, you know, increased rate of divorce in America. What is it, like four out of five marriages end in divorce? No, <laughs> that that statistic is always inflated. It's really one in three. That's a high number, but yeah. it's not half like everybody thinks it is. Mm-hmm. This family depicted in this movie, their problems are, you know, far less than some other parents, you know. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. Too many, I think too many people stay together because they're afraid they don't want their kids to be from a broken home. Because it's so, it's so stigma, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it, there's this, it's like you're tainted. I hate to quote Dr. Phil here, but kids would rather be from a broken home than live in one. Yeah. What I mean, what child wants to, you know, be that kid on the stairs their whole life? Exactly. You know, I think that it's very nice for a film like this to remind you and me of just how lucky we are. Wouldn't you love Robin Williams in drag as your nanny, though? Yes. <laughs> are you kidding me? Make I, me clean the house. I would have gotten her to teach me how to play poker. Right? <laughs> or something like that. And you know what makes his death even all the more tragic what the mrs doubtfire sequel that was in the works when he passed away oh no Mm -hmm. that's right yep like in april they announced they were gonna do it and in august he had passed Mm -hmm. fuck yeah god damn it i mean i'm what a gem that we never got i don't know i'm kind of you know yeah no i'm also iffy on the idea over 20 years later yeah we're like we're in this uh period of film right now where we just remake everything we give everything an unnecessary sequel i have a feeling that if they did a mrs doubtfire 2 it would be a little too medea 
You think so? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a lot of ridiculous sight like, gags. What would Daniel be doing? Go to another family after being on this television show for so long? Like, really, what was going to be the plot there? I mean, come on. I will tell you, I learned today that Mrs. Doubtfire has joined great movies like Mean Girls and Legally Blonde and American Psycho. Do you know what I'm going to say? Do you know what those three things have in common? No. It's getting adapted into a musical. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we fucking go. <laughs> I can see the Tonys lined up. Everybody's in Mrs. Doubtfire drag. A- all of them. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be a great musical number with just a bunch of guys as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello. That should be the opening number. Like when she comes in for the first time. Oh, hello! Yes. Before we talk about what we're gonna do next, can I just say, what the hell, September? I've had one night stands that lasted longer. Yeah. This whole month just flew by, and I don't know how. The spooky season is upon us. It is upon us. That's why I love my birthday. What do you want for your birthday? What do I want for my birthday? Oh my god, my birthday. My birthday's coming up. Like in less than a week. Oh my god. Guys, I'm going to be 23. I'm so young. <laughs> yeah, you are. Like, I feel like I've been through a whole lifetime. <laughs> And I've not even begun to live. That's the thing. I've just begun to live. Sounds like you're a stressed person there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what do I want for my birthday? Baby, just you. Aww. No, it's okay. No, you wouldn't be enough. Um, Wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You changed your tune pretty quick there. I'm just kidding. What are we doing before the spooky season, buddy? You know, when I bought my new phone, I downloaded Apple Music. And I really just kind of thought of everything I really could, you know, all the music that I love. And for some odd reason, this this movie popped into my head and it unlocked a really deep memory. We used to watch this movie all the time at you and me, both you and me, because mom and dad taped it from Disney Channel on a VHS and we used to watch it on repeat. And we and we had all the ads? Yes. Oh my God. It like, was great. For Xena, Girl of the 23rd Century. Yeah. And... My day with the president's daughter. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, we are going to do Disney Channel's production of Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella. I'm so excited! Otherwise known as ethnic Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella. Yeah, they were doing the Hamilton thing before Hamilton was a thing. It's the first Hamilton, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. You gotta love Brandy. Well, I don't have to love Brandy. I love Brandy. I'll have some things to say about Brandy. Why? Wait till you look at her acting chops as an adult. Okay. Don't forget, guys, go to Twitter right now. Follow us at Kick and Stream. Kick in the stream. Kick in the door. Kick and stream. Kick and stream? That is correct. The letter N in the middle? Yes. Okay. Kick and stream. Uh-huh. Follow us on the Twitters. Go to Podbean. Go to Apple Podcasts. Please write us a good review or a bad one. Rip us apart. We want to know what you want more of, what you want less of. We really want to know how you're feeling about it. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom. Got the news, got the news.
Yeah.